Uh, something I want to, and I prayed about this and got the word, got word, the direction we needed to go. And um, we often talk in Christianity, especially, you know, when we talk about um, the enemy and, and, and what to do and how to, how to, how to get ourselves prepared for battle, and, and Pastor's been talking a lot about that lately. Um, I don't think there's any, there, there isn't anybody that doesn't want to give the devil a good punch in the mouth. Mm-hmm. I, I think that I, I think we could all agree that I think everybody wants to uh, exact some sort of, of offense on the enemy to really mess and up his and ruin his day. Um, we have in Scripture the instructions on how to actually do that. And I'm going to give you just a short stanza of scriptures tonight. Why don't you pay close attention? These are these are familiar scriptures, but you've also uh, I think we we may have touched on them this morning too uh, briefly. Um, but I want to take you to Second Corinthians uh, tonight, if you would turn there, and let's talk about this warfare that we're all dealing with. We've all got something. We we've, we've all got a war that we're engaged in. Now we're all involved. And engaged in the the general war, which is the spiritual warfare. We all recognize that as being a legitimate thing. We're all engaged in that. We understand that, and we accept that as being true. But each one of us also have personal battles that we're going through. Can we say amen to that? Personal battles, things that you you are currently dealing with within your life that are that are major issues, major (laughs) things that are going on. And it always, you know, you. You make it past one, and then you got two more pop up, and then you take one of them out, and then another one pops up. Then you're back to two again, and this there's always a battle for something. And from what I can tell, it's a battle for supremacy. Yeah, it's a it's a battle for supremacy over over land and over area and over territory and over things. And um, I, I think it's it's this. I always look at myself as being a I myself am territory. You mean your house is territory, right? Your home is territory. I believe church is territory. You yourself, your territory. Um, if somebody, if somebody, comes up and stands too close to you, uh, you know, you hear the phrase, "Hey, man, why are you up in my bubble? Stand away. Stand away. Don't get that close to me." Why? You, you like distance, you know? There's, there's so much distance that we like between us and another individual, uh, especially if it's not a loved one. It's like, hey, let me have my space. And if somebody encroaches on that space, it's like, hold on a second now. Why are you in my space? That's exactly how we should treat the enemy and the, the supremacy that he desires mm-hmm. to take over territory. It's like, hey, why have you? Why are you trying to march in on my territory? Why are you so close? Why are you trying to get so close to me? Get away from me. It comes back to that reference of punching the enemy in the mouth or really giving him something to have to deal with in the spirit realm. Because obviously in the physical realm, of course, it would be satisfying. And we think of, we kind of imagine what it would look like if we got a hold of the devil what would we do to him well i'd put him in a headlock or i'd suplex him or you know we got all these crazy imaginations of these things that we would say that we would do to the enemy but that's the thing about it is we don't fight in this flesh world we live in it but that's not where the battle's actually at it's somewhere else and so 
we understand that there are things that happen in the spirit realm that try to come across to manifest themselves in the physical to take over territory and to manipulate you and try to get you to sway in a direction away from God. I've always thought that was so interesting is that, you know, the enemy, when he comes and he fires fiery darts, and you hear me say this a lot, you know, I'm, I'm very much about, you hear me talk about the power of choice and, and things like that, but it, uh, tonight's lesson is, is definitely about the reality of the attack of the enemy, the reality that the enemy is firing fiery darts, he is shooting things at us, and that we have to recognize when we're being hit with certain things, and then that would demand a response from us. And we have to do something about it. It's, it's, it's no different than if somebody encroaches on that ground of yours and comes too close to you, and if you don't say anything, then they think that they've, they can continue to stand there. Amen. They think that they're allowed to encroach upon you, and that just will continue until they take full advantage of you. Mm -hmm. Then after they take full advantage of you, it's like, well, I got you now. I got you exactly where I want you. And so it's the same way in the spirit realm. If we do nothing about the fiery darts, if we do nothing about the attack of the enemy, wow. if, we, if we are just passive, and that's, I think, that's one of the things that the church suffers from today is passivity, is it's passive now. And I believe in trusting in the Lord. I, I'm all for it. I believe in trusting in the Lord. I believe in, in, in putting my confidence in him. But I also believe there's got to be a, a proactiveness on our part. Yeah. Because if we're passive, if we just allow the enemy to continue to do whatever he wants to do, he's going to ratchet it up and he's going to continue it. Now, what's difficult about walking into warfare and the walking out is that if you allow certain things to happen in your life, there's something that takes place uh, and it's called getting rooted. Things can get rooted in your life. Things that maybe you shouldn't be doing. Maybe you partake of things. Maybe the enemy fires a, fire, a couple fiery darts at you. You get a thought in your mind and you go carry it out. Well, you do that long enough and it begins to set roots. If you, don't, if you don't respond correctly, it will dig in roots. And then the next thing is now I got to get the roots cut. See, it just gets more complicated and more complicated the more that we allow things to carry on and to go on unchecked. You cannot let the devil go unchecked Amen. you can't he's he's got to be physically pushed back and i'm talking about in, in a spiritual sense you'll understand what i mean here in a minute there has to be a response from us so i want to start in second corinthians chapter 10 i just want you to look at some well, let's look at some scripture here and we're gonna i'm gonna slow it down here Second Corinthians chapter 10, let's start in verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. That's a, that's a great statement. We've got to get that down before we move on. Though we walk in the flesh, we've got, we're here, right? I've got to deal with this stupid thing. I've got to deal with it in all its decay and all its desire to sin and all its desire to go in the other direction and all of these things. I have to deal with this. But if you'll notice what the scripture says, it goes, for though we walk in the flesh, that's a reality, right? Reality check, you're in the flesh. We do not war after the flesh. And what that means is, is that even though we walk in the flesh, we do not um, participate in this warfare with this thing. Amen. Does that make sense? Amen. It's like this, this here is not going to do it. You're going to get beaten. 
you're going to fall short every time that we put the flesh at the forefront of the battle, thinking that somehow we're going to muster up the ability, muster up the strength. Pastor, you spoke about that this, this morning, and I caught that. The strength in the energy, it all comes from God. Amen. You, you actually, it really, in a physical sense, I've wondered how, how is it that we even sustain as people the stress and anxiety that goes on in our world and things that have been happening since 2020 and, and just the constant bombardment of, of information and negativity and oppression, uh, all of these things that there has been attack after attack after attack since 2020 at a, on, a, on a high scale and a high level. I think, well, how, how is that possible that we have sustained this? If your energy, your ability to sustain has not come from you. It's only come from God. He's the only one that has allowed us to continue to draw air and to draw breath, to continue this walk and to continue this battle. There is no other reason. And I, and I, and I give credit where credit is due. God gets all the glory. But then that brings up another point. If I'm going to, if I'm going to say that, if I'm going to give, if I give all the glory to God and I say that, God, you have strengthened me and you have uh, sustained me through these difficult and tough times, then that means also that there is an enemy in the spirit realm that's also out to debilitate you and to take away your strength and to take away your energy. It only makes sense. If, we're, if, if we know that God is working over here, then you know the enemy is working over here. Correct? And so the objective, to break you down, to wear you out mentally, emotionally, spiritually how many have felt that strain let's find it's okay i mean it's not like i'm not saying you're a broken person and that you you we need to lay hands on you and pray for you maybe we do but <laughs> maybe but the reality is is that there's a press it's a press and the enemy is putting on oppression the pressure He's oppressing people. He's pushing. His agenda seems to be going forward, and people are going for it, which is frustrating. And I think that's another aspect of being sustained is my, <laughs> the preservation of my brain is why I can't get people to think straight anymore. So there's this attack going on, and there has to be a sustaining. How do we sustain? How do we press back? Well, Let's keep, let's look at this. <clears throat> For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. It's not going to be done with this thing. For the weapons of our warfare. Sean, you know this one. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. A weapon. You, you, did scripture just mention a weapon there? Yes, it did. It mentioned a weapon. Which is, there's an inclination here that there's a weapon in the spirit realm that I should be using. It should be some, there's something available to me. Because it says here, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Because if you, I mean, if you're telling me that, you say, well, turn to the weapon, the weapon that you need is not here. Well, that begs to ask another question. Then where is it? Yeah. I need it. Right? Mm -hmm. Where is it? I want it. Give me that weapon because whether you like it or not, you're in a war. Right. <laughs> whether you like it or not, you are in a war. Um, there was a movie uh, come out 
I can't believe this, and, and Pastor, uh, the, you and I have watched it numerous times, uh, Gladiator, uh, the, the old Gladiator fighting. There's a scene in the movie, uh, it's like, that movie's like 20 plus years old now. Yeah. <laughs> what? God, I, still, I, I was still thinking that movie just left the theater. <laughs> so that movie's like 20 plus years old. There's this scene in there where they put them all in this arena, and they're, they're having to fight for their lives. They chained them together. Well, this one competent fighter is chained with somebody who is not competent. And he's stuck with him. And this guy's running around, he's screaming, he's yelling, he's, he's panicking, he's going everywhere. And this guy's trying to fight while dragging this guy around and he can't, he can't do much because of him. Well, long story short, he ends up dying in the chop of sand off so he can get him away from him. <laughs> <laughs> I said all that to say this. <laughs> no, I'm not going to make an example of that. It's okay. No, no worries. You should chop your brother's hand off if he's keeping you away from battling. No. <laughs> what I what I what I what point I want to make is is that in the spiritual sense, in the spiritual sense, we're bound together. We we're fighting the same battle, but not all of us are actually in the battle, and that's a problem. Because you got some over here panicking and screaming. You got some over here don't even realize that they're in an arena, and there's a very real enemy in that arena that says, "I'm going to kill you first chance I get." And so the people with the weapons are having to do double the work to keep everybody alive. Hope you understand the analogy here that there's something seriously at stake here and there's, there's some serious things going on. And, and if there's not a proper response, if there's not a proper response of understanding where that weapon is, what is the weapon of my warfare? Show me where that's at because I'm in a battle. And you know, like the example, whether you're screaming or whether you're ready for battle, regardless, there's a war. It's right in front of you. It's taking place every single day. And I've, I've called myself out numerous times over my lack, of, my lack of prayer for these situations. I said, you're not praying enough. You're not praying enough. You're not calling out to God enough for these situations. There's too many things going on. Uh, sometimes it feels like, I feel like there's too many things to even pray about. Can anyone say amen to that? I think, man, I can't even keep up with everything. I don't even know what to pray for sometimes. And I'm just being honest. Sometimes I just, I'm like, spirit, lead me. What do I need yeah. to pray for tonight? Because there are so many things that have my heart. There are so many things that have my heart that I'm not sure what direction to go. So I'm like, Lord, lead me. Lead us in this direction. But nevertheless, we've got to get engaged in that. Because if you're not yielding a weapon and if you're not pressing back, then who is? Nobody. If the Christian community, if we all agree that there's a war going on, spiritually speaking, if there's a war going on spiritually, one of the things that we always, you know, I look at is in whether it be the, you know, on small town government or uh, higher end government, you know, um, if there's something in me that needs to be done, they'll find somebody to do it. Somebody will figure it out and get it taken care of. Not spiritually speaking. See, spiritual things, people that understand spiritual things have to take care of. So what does that mean? So the whole world, you got the whole world here. And very few people in the world are Christians. 
actually praying to God, trying to reach God for other people. Very small fraction. And so if those people don't yield a weapon and go to war, who is going to do it? No one. You cannot substitute authentic prayer. You cannot. No one else can do it. Only somebody that has a connection to God is going to be able to do it. And, hey, I didn't make the rules, but believe me, there are times I wish someone else could do it. Let me just pass this thing off on you, you know. We'll let somebody else do it. They've been doing that in government for a long time. We'll let somebody else take care of it. We'll let somebody else figure it out. Look where it's got us. Look what that thinking has got us. Mm -hmm. It's got us in a, it's our backs. Can we say that our, that our backs are against the wall? Yeah. I think it's even a little bit past that now. It's like I'm trying to keep them from grabbing my arms and binding me up. Get away from me. But that's where we're at. So he said, for the weapons of warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God, which we just went from physical to spiritual, right? Mm -hmm. We went from physical to spiritual, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Amen. Now, the key word is strongholds. And the Greek word for that is akuroma. And what a stronghold is and what akuroma means in the Greek is talking about a citadel or a fortified city or being in a fortified place. And so the idea of, of this is, is that when the enemy takes somebody captive, he takes them to the innermost part of the city, into the citadel, thick walls to keep you from getting out. But that's not the only thing. It's not just to keep you from getting out. It's to keep people from getting in. And so the idea is, is that when the enemy, when there's a stronghold in your life that needs to be broken, that the enemy has, has managed to get you into a place where the word is not penetrating and getting into where it needs to and melting away that stronghold. You're in an inner territory, an inner place where you are prisoner. That's what a stronghold is. And it is, it is a deep, fortified place. This is why, um, this is why I'm, I'm an advocate for uh, chronic exposure to the Lord. Chronic exposure to the Word breaks strongholds. I am all for praying with people and praying for strongholds to be broken and breaking strongholds. Pastor, over the years, we've seen some amazing things. We really have. But rarely does anything take place all at once. A lot of times when we pray with people, they've been praying for weeks. And then we see the culmination out here. Sometimes we pray with people and we don't see anything happen. We're assuming that they're going to continue the battle when they go home. A lot of times to get out of a stronghold, it's not as simple as I break that thing in Jesus' name and then you're like, okay, it's broken. I'm good now. Or, or having somebody else pray for you and just saying, okay, I'm good now. When there's a stronghold, an actual stronghold, it could take some time. It could take some time because that stronghold, that something has allowed, you, you have allowed something to take place that has bound you up and has put you in a place, whether mental, whether emotional, and that word, as it penetrates, it's going to have to hit it over and over and over again. And then all of a sudden, break. 
I told a story a long time ago, and I don't know if you remember it or not. And I was punching that punching bag, and boy, I was beating that thing. And and I was so frustrated. I was so angry about the battle that I was going through. And I, I, I remember my heart was just hurting. And I was, I was working this thing, and this bag is swaying back and forth, and it's held by a nice big chain. And I'm just beating on it, beating on it. And I said, Lord, I, I, I keep binding the enemy, but it doesn't seem like anything's happening. And I'm hitting, and I, it, every, I, I speak the word, but nothing takes place. And I just don't understand, God. Where I, I know you, I know authority exists, and I know these things are working. Why won't this stop? And about the time that that thought came to me, I hit this bag, and the chain snaps at the top, and this thing comes tumbling down and falls on all my stuff, and it scared me. And the Lord spoke to me when it hit the ground. He said, you keep hitting that enemy, and he will fall. And that was one of the biggest lessons I ever got in my life, was that not everything happens all at once. But you keep hitting, you keep hitting, you keep hitting. Not with the flesh, but with the weapons of our warfare that come through Christ, which is the Word of God, which is the sword of the Spirit. All right? Spoken, the spoken Word of God. That's your weapon. That's what we use. Not only do we learn it, and I want to make sure we're clear on this, that when you're in warfare, don't just use the word as an emergency weapon. Please, if we're talking about tearing down strongholds and actually getting into battle, because you talk about breaking things out of fortified cities, we're talking about war. We're talking about some serious stuff here. So don't just pick up the word. It's like, well, that'll work. It's got to be something you take in every single day. Constantly take it in. Write those scriptures down if you can. Quote them over and over again. That's your weapon. That's your weapon. And so when there's an attack, when there's when there's a uh, when there's an attack on your on your mind, your spirit, your body, then you're ready for warfare. I often see this over the years. I've seen this often, Pastor. You've seen this too. We talked about it. Uh, people only want to use the word when things are at their worst. It's like, God, help me. I know there's a scripture for help somewhere. <laughs> God loves me, doesn't he? Yes, he does. Didn't it say it in the word somewhere? You kind of already need to know that. You should have already known that by now. You should already know the scriptures that are connected with that. It's got, you got to hide the word of God in your heart. Amen? We've got to put it there. So, what's that, Pastor? Sharpen the sword. Sharpen the sword, absolutely. So, uh Acaroma, strongholds. All right, so in verse 5, casting down imaginations. A big part of the devil's tactics. I want to say this loud and clear. I want everybody to hear me on this because we, we want to be able to, to hit the enemy where it hurts him. See, but he also knows where to hit you where it hurts. And where is the thing that hurts us the most? Now, you may not agree with this. You may think it's what's this or it's this. No, he knows it. It explains it right here. The devil will hit you in your mind. That's where it first starts. If you can control the mind, listen to me. If you can control the mind, you can control the devil's tactics. Amen. This is 100% true. But most most of the time, people do not know how to control the mind. They just let it run. And this thing's 
Hey, this thing's crazy. <laughs> Come on. Listen, this thing runs wild with all kinds of crazy thoughts. Uh-huh. This thing's over here. Then it's over here. Then it's it, it's over here. And it's it's constantly jumping from topic to topic. It constantly jumps to what ifs. How many of you struggle with what ifs? Come on, be honest. Amen. What if this happens? What if that happens? What if this takes place? But if this happens, then this could happen. What will take place is, is that we'll find ourselves putting our own self in strongholds mentally before something ever actually takes place. And so the, the tactic for you and me is to capture the imagination, capture the thought before it turns into something else. Now, it says here, it's a casting down imaginations. The Greek definition of imaginations is actually reasoning. It's your ability to reason. Logical or illogical, regardless, that what gets us into trouble is our reasoning. It's us thinking and reasoning the possibilities and over and over again. And the enemy will fire. He sees that you're taking the thought, so he fires another dart. And then you reason on that. And he fires another dart. And you reason on that. And your mind is just working over and over and over. And you're reasoning every scenario, every possible thought, every possible scenario. And this this is a broad range of things, church. This is not just things to cripple you emotionally, not just thoughts to demean you or to push buttons of insecurity, but these are sexual thoughts. These are thoughts that don't belong in your mind, things that you that have to be captured and put away. Because if you don't do it, if you don't capture them yourself and say, no, I'm not doing enough of that. No, we are not doing that. Then they will continue. They'll continue. The fiery darts will keep flying, and the thoughts will keep churning, and you will constantly stay in a defeated state. One of the some of the hardest prayers to pray is after I've let my mind run wild all day. Hardest prayer, man. I'm not even in prayer mode. Yeah, I'm just like, I'm tired, and I'm thinking I've I've had. Well, how do I put it? Well, everybody can relate to this. I'll just put it this way. I've had financial loss on my mind. Uh, I've had destitution on my mind. I've had, what if that happened on my mind? I've had all these things on my mind, everything but the Lord. And then I come to the Lord in prayer. I'm like, all right, it's time to fellowship with you. I said this morning, you know, I was talking about that three to five minutes in prayer. Well, that's an exciting three to five minutes because I can't even dig myself out of my own hole to even get my mind straight to pray. Why? Because... All these ideas, all this reasoning is going on in my brain, and I can't touch base with him. I can't because I've, I've allowed, I'm defeated now. I'm defeated. Even though I'm not defeated, I'm defeated. Even though Christ is my victory and I have every reason to be celebrating, I'm not celebrating. I've been reasoning on numerous subjects all day long. I've been thinking about how everything could possibly go wrong. I've been thinking about what they said on the news. I've been thinking about what uh, Economic Ninja said about the economy. I'm thinking about all this stuff. 
and it is bombarded and I have allowed my brain to become completely consumed with reason. And this is why the scripture says, this is why it says, and casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. We'll stop right there. This morning, Pastor, you were in Isaiah 55, correct? Right. Turn to Isaiah 55 real quick. Save your spot. Let's go back to Isaiah 55 just real fast. Remember what it said, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Why is that a big deal? Well, let's look at it. Isaiah 55. Pastor, you were in verse, you ended, I think, in verse 6. Yep, 6 7. Let's look at 8. Isaiah 55, verse 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Amen. Now this is, this is, um, we have evidence and we have, have a good argument that when we look at his ways, and he says that my ways are higher than your ways, but he says in, in 9 here, he says, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than yours. He said, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. And so what that brings us back to, and I could, uh, we could talk a lot about this, about the having the mind of Christ, but that brings us back to that place. It's like, okay, God, if, if your thoughts are higher than your then my thoughts, then I want to know what you're thinking. Amen. If your thoughts are higher than mine, then, then I want to know what you're thinking, and I want you to help me to understand how to think like you. And the first thing that, the first thing that he taught me was, it's not so much about what I'm going to put in, but it's about what you're going to keep out. Really hard to put in new information when you can't keep the old stuff out. And so it's us disciplining ourselves. And here I'm, gonna, I'm going to give you the um, practical way of doing this. Disciplining ourselves in noticing when thoughts are churning on our head that do not belong. This is the discipline right here. At, at, the, at its core, at the foundation of it, you and I are going to have to master our thinking by catching things that don't belong and getting them out literally in a very literal way verbally speaking and this is what I do now whether you do it my way or not that's that's up to you the way that I do it I will literally pull that out and I'll say in the name of Jesus no I'm not thinking of that I'll say that very phrase right there in the name of Jesus no that thought does not belong nope gotta go I'm not I'm not gonna sit here and think of that because it doesn't belong and whatever that thought is capture it get a hold of it and say no I'm not, I'm not doing that. In Jesus' name, because only by Jesus. Remember, we're not finding the cart. We can't do it with flesh, right? So it's only going to be done in the spirit realm. This is only something that could be done successfully through Christ and the cross. And I know him as my Savior. And I've been given the power to, uh, and authority to use his name. And so in Jesus' name, I cast that thought down. No, I don't accept that. And I'm not talking about, I mean, some people get like radical and almost go a little bit too far. I'm talking about seriously detrimental thoughts. Now, sometimes your mind just rambles around, and sometimes you're just goofy. You, do, you think goofy things. I'm talking about detrimental thinking, okay? 
I'm talking about detrimental thoughts. I'm talking about things that really do press your buttons. <clears throat> I mentioned prayer and, and the distraction of thoughts. Um, often, I'm not thinking about anything until I start praying. And then all of a sudden, my brain just starts going into think mode, in reasoning mode. And I'm thinking about all these thoughts out there. And I'm thinking, what, what is wrong with you? Get refocused. My reasoning kicks on, and I've got to capture those thoughts and say, it's not time for that right now. It's time for the focus on the Lord. We've got to get focused on the Lord. This is something that has to be a discipline. And, and I say that um, because... We're living in a world today where not many people are disciplined anymore. We're talking about living in a world where there's a massive lack of discipline. People are not disciplined anymore. Don't want to be disciplined. In order for us to fight an accurate battle and a good battle spiritually, it's going to take some people that really know that there's a battle and that we're actually out there doing it. And that we're actually capturing thoughts and actually casting down imaginations. High things that exalt itself against the knowledge of God. His ways are higher than our ways. His thinking is higher than ours. Therefore, I want to think like him. So in order to do that, i got to get the garbage out. Mm -hmm. And that responsibility is on me. It's not going to be, you're not going to pray one night and say, Lord, just take these thoughts away from me. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. It does not work like that. Now, some you may have heard a glory story at one point in time where somebody got prayed over and all the thoughts just disappeared. And I'm going to tell you, I think that's fantastic. Praise God. How he chose to work with that individual in that given time, I think it's fantastic. But that's never happened for me. <laughs> he's, he's taken me and he has shown me, it is up to you. I gave you the responsibility to do it. You do it. And so if you don't like the things that are going on in your head, if you don't like the depressing thoughts, if you don't like the the things that go through this thing on a daily basis, then wage war against it. Amen. Absolutely wage war against it because you don't have to accept it. You can cast down the imagination. You can, you can cut your own reasoning up and get it out of the way. There are certain times when reasoning is good. God gave us a brain. He gave it to you to think, absolutely. But not in comparison to God's thinking. Not in comparison to spiritual matters. It gets in the way. It stands between us and God. We hinder the work of God often because of our reasoning. All right, let me move on to this final part here. So casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. <clears throat> bringing into captivity is also a military term. And what bringing into captivity literally means is capturing by spear point. That's what that means. Military term. Capturing at spear point. Capturing it literally with the, the same fervency that somebody would, if they were going to capture the enemy, they get the weapon, and they come up to them, and they've got their weapon, they're like, you're coming with me. That's exactly the way that he's telling us to get the thoughts out of our mind. You go up with spear point and you say, no. You are coming with me. You are not going to exist here anymore. That's serious, right? If somebody breaks that, well, let's use it in today's terms. All right, let's forget, forget the spear. Somebody pulls a gun out. They point it at you. I've had enough. Okay. Amen. Okay. See, the enemy responds. He responds when you break out the weapons of warfare. Yeah. He'll respond. He ain't worried about you. 
He's worried about that authority that exists within you. He knows. He knows the word is effective. He knows it. When you start going out and you bring the word out, and you use that authority, you say, I've had about enough of you. Nope, you're not doing that no more. In a, in a weird kind of sense, it's like you put the gun to the enemy's head. You say, I've had enough. You are not going to keep coming and wreaking havoc on my mind. I've had enough. That's how serious this is. That's what he means. When he said, when he said cast down imaginations, you look that up and you take into captivity. We're talking about a spirit point. We're talking about a serious situation that's going to have to take place between you and your attacker. You're going to have to go on the offensive. But, if by chance, you choose not to, you put down your spear, you put down the sword, and maybe you say, I just, I'm not really into that authority kind of stuff. I don't really believe that kind of stuff. Well, look, then that's on you. You decide how you want to do it. But I tell you what the scripture says, and the scripture says we don't have to keep putting up with those kind of things. And I'm going to venture to say that there's many of us in here that are plagued by things that go on in our mind that just simply shouldn't go on. And it's not because you're a bad person. It's not. It's because you haven't actually stood up for yourself yet. You just haven't actually come to the conclusion that you said, I've had enough. I don't want to think that no more. I'm tired of being bombarded with thoughts that defeat me and pull me down. I'm tired of that. Some of us have dealt with them for so long, we just think of them as commonplace. One of the worst things that can happen is you go to the doctor and then they'll tell you, well, you got this or you got that. And then you attach a title to it. A stronghold is a stronghold. A stronghold is a stronghold. And they all break the same way. <coughs> I didn't say it was going to be easy. I didn't say it wasn't going to be a battle. It's definitely going to be a battle. But it can be done. Uh-huh. It can be done. The weapons of our warfare the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds and casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Would you stand? I want us to, I wanted to, I'm, I'm glad we kind of finished at this time because this is what I want to do tonight. I just, this is a very personal thing. So we want to open up the altars and I want, I encourage you. Let's just put it that way. I encourage you. Spend some time in prayer tonight before we dismiss over the things that bombard your mind. Tonight, make a decision that you're not going to tolerate that stuff no more and that you're going to start bringing these things into captivity at spirit point. That you're going to be a, that you're going to, you're going to be the aggressor, and you're not going to let the enemy aggress you no more. And that start taking authority over your thinking, and let's start meditating upon the Word of God, and allow it to change us, and not the things the enemy is trying to tell you. Amen. Would you come? Let's pray. God bless you. Thinking about something when Brother Tanner was ministering. Bringing your own thoughts into where they need to be can be a pretty good battle. Uh, Paul said something in 1 Corinthians 9, 27. He said, I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest by any means I preach to others and I myself be a castaway. 
He meant he brings his thoughts, his body, his entire being, really, into obedience. That's subjection. Subjection is bringing yourself into obedience. Of what? Of God's Word. Of God's ways. And that's a great message, Tanner. We uh, praise God for it. Give God praise for the whole day. Wonderful day. That's great day. I didn't get a count here this morning, but this place was packed. Amen. I'm looking for more. We got chairs. We'll bring chairs over. We'll set them up. Invite people. Uh, Pastor, there was 75. 75. There is a lot. Woo! Oh, glory. Be praying about, and I know I've been saying this a long time, for years. You're talking about warfare. You're talking about resisting. There's an agent that does not want this church built. We know that. And we're not building it to glorify ourselves. It's for the kingdom of God. And all of us need to do in back, be doing battle, as Brother Tanner brought tonight, not with just our own selves, but against, because God has a purpose. Amen. Uh, there's a fire lit here. I can sense it. I can feel the fire that's lit here in this church. Amen. And a fire, you know, any fire, every eight seconds doubles in size. <laughs> so what about spiritually? God can do far more than that. Let's stand tonight, be dismissed, and keep up the prayers. Appreciate all of you. Thank you for being here. Uh, hope to see you Wednesday night when we're back here again. Uh, Brother Rick, would you dismiss us? Yes, ma'am. Father, we just uh, ask that you help us with what we've learned here tonight, Father, to incorporate it into our daily life to glorify you. And, Father, we just give you all the praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.